0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Listeners have requested that we engage a U.S. conservative voice to address issues trailing President Joe Biden. Also, the criminal indictments and the arraignments, indictments facing uh, President, former President Trump. And uh, the arraignments that have taken place. My guest is Dr. Zudi Jasser, U.S. conservative voice. He's board-certified in internal medicine and nuclear cardiology, former president of the Arizona Medical Association, practicing in Phoenix. Dr. Jasser is a former lieutenant commander in the United States Navy. He's the founder and president of the American Islamic Forum for Democracy. He's the author of Battle for the Soul of Islam and Which Islam, Whose Islam, and Other Essays. And an op-ed by Dr. Jasser for Newsweek was titled, The World's Red-Green Axis Has Come to Our Streets. Dr. Jasser was also invited to testify before a Canadian parliamentary committee and told us at the time he came away unimpressed by the experience. He also hosts conservative political talk radio in Phoenix. He's been a guest on this program many times, not recently. Zudi, how are you? And I'm sorry we haven't stayed in touch more.
1: Well, it was great to uh, uh, hear from you and uh, see you back, and I'm, gra- I'm uh, honored to be back with you, Roy.
0: Thank you so much. So l- let me start with this question. How deeply, from the perspective that you bring to uh, to the issue, how deeply divided is U.S. society today?
1: Well, certainly uh, uh, there's the obvious divisions that especially, you know, As much as uh, uh, President Biden claimed to have been campaigning to bring the country back together, there has been no more divisive president. He's been checked out. Uh, The progressivists and radicals that he's allowed to set the agenda, uh, the abandonment of the economy, the inflationary economy and continued spending on things like climate change and other things that are just sucking the lifeblood out of mid middle America, if you will. You know, you look at house ownership, the expense of house ownership has tripled in the past year. So uh, that uh, those those numbers alone have created a division where songs like, you know, Richmond, north of uh, Richmond is uh, getting hundreds of millions of hits within a few weeks because uh, regular America is seeing a Washington that is so far out of touch with America that they just want their property back. They want their money back. They want the government to get out of their lives. And I have to tell you, it's like 1979 all over again. And uh, this is the, like Jimmy Carter uh, 3.0, if you will.
0: Um, what about the, the? Uh, and I'm curious about the uh, internals of the Republican Party. President Trump uh, said he is definitely going to contest, and he is contesting, the nomination for the party, and he said he'll do that regardless of what may happen, as far as his court um, appearances and uh, court decisions may be. Um, so, what's the situation within the Conservative Party of Canada? There are some really um, well-known household names in the GOP who are who are challenging Mr. Trump for the nomination.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the first cautionary note is every. Every primary season for a presidential campaign in the last uh, multiple generations has always had certain names that start ahead and and, and others that switch. Uh, Trump himself, um, you know, when he came down the escalator, nobody had even thought there was a chance. And and yet uh, he became the nominee. Uh, The far left has engaged in a 24-7 Trump media uh, attention and with indictments and other things. So in some ways, that's uh, filling up the bandwidth and the oxygen. You know, as we get closer to the primaries, uh, I think uh, things will probably uh, shake up a bit. Uh, The policy differences are not that significant. If you look across, the primary differences are probably in foreign policy. Uh, But when it comes to uh, domestic policy, uh, uh, fighting against the weaponization of the DOJ, uh, the uh, criminalization of political disagreement, as we see what's happening with President Trump, uh, really we will, you know, hopefully the the GOP voters will settle back into an analysis of what the issues are. Uh, President Trump's administration the first time around had a lot of uh, good results uh, from domestic to foreign policy, from economy to the Abraham Accords. You know, and I think uh, a lot of that uh, we'll start to make a lot more difference as we get closer to January and the caucuses in Iowa and primaries start happening.
0: Could you just give us a, um, a little bit of an expanded view uh, of the Trump indictments and the arraignments and the haste to move forward to trial, particularly in Atlanta? The Atlanta district attorney, attorney seems uh, absolutely determined to uh, get this case into the court by, what is it, October?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, and then other indictments right are on right before Super Tuesday. And uh, I mean, it, almost the word banana republic no longer seems to have cogency in that uh, free speech has become criminalized, and especially when you're a leading uh, uh, politician. And uh, it's one thing to uh, disagree with methods and comments and other things that President uh, Trump uh, may make that uh, some of us may feel we may not make, but it's a whole other thing to uh, take the attorney generals of each of these states and make them into weaponized uh, tools of uh, employing, uh, you know, criminal criminality or criminalization of free speech and and uh, disagreement with voting. I mean, at, uh, with what happened with the voters, I mean, Hillary Clinton and others have expressed. Uh, similar angst with results and hemmed and hawed on whether they'd accept the results of elections. And, and, uh, now the, the, um, you know, the Democrats on the left have, have realized that they don't have anything as far as issues. They can't debate the economy. They can't debate national security. The borders are completely flowing with millions in uh, destroying our national integrity. So what they're doing is basically weaponizing, uh, the DOJ and and uh, using uh, their ability to target an individual like President Trump to avoid the issues of the day. And I think they're going to lose miserably when it comes to the election, uh, whether it's President Trump on the top of the ballot or, or one of the other candidates. Um, but right now, uh, it's clearly the focus of where they want to spend all of their money and the taxpayer's money, which not, which is another part of it, the expense to the taxpayer of all of this it's just horrific.
0: Yeah. I'm just thinking back to election night in 2016, and uh, Hillary Clinton would not concede on election night. When it was clear she'd lost, she would not concede. She, she waited until the next morning. So, you know, there was there was a certain amount of, certainly a lot of denial in, in involved there. Uh, Zudi, Joe Biden, currently there are, the fifty-four hundred emails. He wrote his vice president using pseudonyms. Not the first time; senior public officials have done that. But what's your sense of this particular story? Because as soon as it came out, I started to see the the uh, cleansing of the situation, saying, "Oh no, it's just uh, it's just uh, communication between uh, Mr. Biden and his son. Nothing, nothing to see here. Move along."
1: Well, the amazing part about this story is not only the duplicity and the corruption. I mean, listen, I had a top-secret clearance in the military. We use aliases uh, when we talk. The issue is is whether those those emails are part of the bank of the National Archive. And that's the problem, is whether it's uh, House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, Comer or uh, the Senate who asked for these uh, alias emails uh, two years ago from uh, Senator Johnson's committee, uh, the the response has been completely empty because these are done off the grid. The president's not supposed to do, and the vice president are not supposed to do anything off the grid. And whether it's using aliases or not is not the question. The question is whether they belong to the National Archives. And our president Trump is uh, uh, being indicted because of document pr- uh, protections. And uh, um, Biden didn't seem to care, and the enrichment of hundreds of you know, thousands of dollars upon millions uh, for no services at all that were provided, just simply a name, is beyond corruption.
0: Does uh, does the government have a case against Donald Trump? Can they make a case against Donald Trump, which will satisfy a grand jury and then eventually perhaps a, a court a courtroom jury?
1: Well, as uh, a wise sage in court said, you can you know a grand jury can indict a, is it a ham sandwich or some type of uh sandwich uh, the, you know the bottom line is it's not really about the grand jury it's about it's about whether the law and the legal system uh, i think we're finding that for the vast majority of the time the weaponization of the legal system has years later resulted in a vindication by appellate courts or by the supreme court and uh, i think you know ultimately uh, this is going to cost in the tens to hundreds of millions of dollars for legal defense for President Trump. But uh, I really don't see. And again, I'm not a legal expert. I'm, you know, listening to the expertise of folks like Jonathan Turley and others. And and it's pretty obvious to me as an American citizen that these are all, you know, simply uh, politics and speech that they disagree with and that they're indicting and and uh, uh, that there's really no there there. And ultimately, it'll end up being a, a vindication.
0: An op-ed by Dr. Jasser in Newsweek, or for Newsweek, was titled, The World's Red-Green Axis Has Come to Our Streets. Zudi, so, what's, um, what's, the, what's the basis of the, uh, what are the fundamentals of the op-ed?
1: Yeah, so essentially, globally, you know, my family escaped Syria in the mid-60s, and everybody, I'm sure, knows what happened in the Arab Spring against Assad. Uh, and dictators across the Middle East have long had sort of a bizarre relationship between you know, the dictators are, are obviously military fascists, national socialists, if you will, almost like the Nazis of the Middle East. And they had a relationship uh, with the progressivists, with the far left. That's why Code Pink uh, was bizarrely in Tehran. And and you see uh, the Venezuelas of the world working with the Irans and and uh, uh, other uh, Islamists, if you will. So that's globally called the red-green axis, because while they share very minimal values, They have common enemies, which is obviously primarily the West, Western democracy, secular liberal democracy in America, Europe, and Canada. So ultimately, that red-green axis we saw really come to fruition for the last two generations in the UN, where they focus on Israel and America. But then on the streets, virally, we saw it come to fruition with the riots from the Black Lives Matter movement and elsewhere, where they caused unrest and destruction, uh, and again, it's the same operational uh, uh, you know, SOP, if you will, like the Taliban that destroyed the Buddhist statues and, and others in, in, in Egypt that were uh, um, basically burning down churches and other things. They, they used destruction and chaos in order to uh, create an a ideological swell of sort of an image of a revolution when in fact it's actually a fascist, theocratic, and socialist movement.
0: Where does uh, where does media fit into all of this? Where does media fit, as far as your perspective, your view of media and the job that is done by media in the United States? Where, where does it fit in?
1: Gosh, you know, I'm so glad you asked that question because that's one of the biggest, you know, things I'm trying to address. The media in America has always been called the fourth estate, meaning sort of the protector of the three br- against the uh, uh, excess power of the three branches of government. But really, this last you know, 10, 20 years since Obama administration took over has shown that the media has become in many ways at times as bad as the government and not really a check, but really a a massive operation of the Democratic Party or of a specific political movement rather than actually a check. So the media becomes an amplifier of the worst of information politics rather than the best and the check on that. And that's why social media viral journalism, if you will, has become really the, the true check on power. And that's why in the COVID pandemic, you and I talked a number of times about the, the government trying to push things down. If you remember the, the, the truckers' uh, convoys that were uh, acting in uh, the citizens' best interests and other things in Canada, and we saw the same thing, which is the the viral media that we were able to influence as citizens became the primary avenue. And And they even tried to suppress that speech. And just like you and I were just talking about free speech suppression of a presidential candidate and his, you know, uh, valid complaints about election processes, et cetera, free speech complaints about many of us having uh, questions against governmental impositions during pandemic shutdowns, et cetera, was all operated by the media becoming an arm, a tool of government uh, and, and a specific political party rather than actual free speech.
0: I have to ask you about Hunter Biden and where he fits. This is a man who appears to have uh, more problems than any one human being should have, more questions about him than uh, are ever answered. And uh, there there are always stories about the relationship between the president and his son, and there are accusations about what they may have been up to. I don't know if they're substantiated, remain unsubstantiated, I think. What about Hunter Biden?
1: I think the 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 crazy thing about the Hunter Biden story at its core is the fact that there there isn't even any doubt that he did absolutely no work whatsoever for the tens, if not hundreds, of millions of dollars that him and his family uh, funneled through just because of a branding of the name. No services, nothing. It's simply obviously a payout. There's never been a response that somehow he was working for Burisma in Ukraine as some kind of expert consultant on anything valid of any kind. No, this is not only a foreign entity that he was acting as an agent of, but but actually doing no work and, and getting paid to continue his, his uh, uh, habits uh, that are just uh, – uh, perverse. So at the end of the day, the the emails, the the money trails, uh, you look at uh, transfers of $142,000 with $300 exactly equal to the cost of a sports car that he bought the same day that that money was transferred. All these things should not only raise the antenna, but show that the purpose of the Biden family is not to better America, is not to advocate for individual citizens and, and what's right, but to destroy America and you simply use it as a funnel of uh, uh, income flow. And that's why, you know, I hope the the House continues to push on this. Uh, we, we saw a president who was uh, uh, attempted to be impeached and impeached once by the House for far, far, what I see as far lesser things related to a phone call to Ukraine, let alone all the money being transferred okay. and that uh, clearly President Biden probably knew about, was on speakerphone, but really has not spoken about how deep that corruption is that he says his son, who he claims repeatedly, is the smartest guy he knows.
0: If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.